This is the second shear in a four-part series about the four meaning and their symbolism. The symbolism is conveyed by the entire arrangement of Formina, but in certain instances that symbolism has particular resonance within one of the four Minim. The Rambam already describes the Minim as elegant, luxurious, indigenous to Eretz Yisrael, durable rather than easy to wilt so that they'll last the seven days. But Chazal noted various more subtle symbolisms and connotations of the four medium. There's a very interesting medrash, a very audacious medrash, a very provocative medrash, again about the four medium in general, but particularly intriguing about the Hadassah. The medrash describes that each of the four medium represent a different feature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Medrash is loosely based, although the Medrash doesn't emphasize it, but presumably the Medrash is based on the very interesting terminology of Vilakachtem Lachem. What does the Torah say? Vilakachtem Lachem Bayom Harishon. The word Lakachat means to take, but the mitzvah is to raise, to carry. It should say Vahare Mosem, it should say Visamtem. Why does the Torah use the word Ulakachtem Lachem Bayom Harishon? The word ulakachtem, lekach, can also mean to purchase. So by taking the forminim, we're purchasing something for ourselves. What are we purchasing for ourselves? Well, it's reminiscent of a different purchase. In Parsha's Truma, Am Yisrael is requested to donate material to the Mishkan. The term to describe their donation is very odd. V'yichuli. It shouldn't be v'yichuli truma. They will purchase a truma. When you donate goods or materials or money, you don't purchase, you deliver. It should be v'yitnuli truma. So a very, very well-known medrash describes the fact that by contributing to the Mishkan and by constructing the Mishkan, the Jewish people are purchasing HaKadosh Baruch Hu by providing a place for His dwelling and this became necessary after a previous purchase, because at Harsinai, by acquiring Tara, we purchased HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will is encompassed or encapsulated in the Torah. So by purchasing Tara, Ki Lekach Tov Nasati Lechem, Tara Si Alta Azovu, by acquiring Tara, we acquire HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By acquiring HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have to perpetuate and stabilize that acquisition by acquiring him to providing a home. <clears throat> in that spirit... Ulakachtem lachem, based on ve'yichuli and lekachtov, is also an opportunity through Dalad Minim to acquire Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What does it mean through the four Minim to acquire Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Well, each of the Minim represent a different feature or facet of Hakadosh Baruch Hu in our world. Our ability to see Him in our world, in nature, in providence, in our universe. And the Medrash, on several occasions, associates each of the four Minim with a different facet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our world. This is a very audacious Medrash. This is the only mitzvah which symbolizes HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. Perhaps the mitzvah which comes closest is Tefillin, about which the Torah writes, Kishem Hashem Nikra Mimeka. By wearing tefillin, in particular tefillin shal rosh, a person dons himself 
with the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the shin on the housing, the dalit on the back strap fastens to the neck, and the yud, actually the yud is on the tefillin shol yad, at least according to Rashi, the yud is that little strap that protrudes from the tefillin shol yad. But that is not, those aren't the features of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is the name of Hashem, one name in particular, Shakai Shin Dalad Yud. And it's being imposed upon a person rather than a person purchasing it and taking it. So it's a very audacious medrash. It speaks of an intimacy and a familiarity between man and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which presumably can only emerge after the intimacy and the affection of Elul and of the Emtovim of Tishrei, and in particular the Om Hadin, in which we stood in front of Hashem, Lifne Hashem, that gives us the right now to raise different species as part of our mitzvah that represent not just parts of Jewish history, avos and imos, as the Dal and Minim do as well, but aspects of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our world. So it's a very powerful and very provocative medrash. The medrash says that the Esrog, otherwise known as Priyetz Hadar, reminds us of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's majesty in our world. That's the feature which the Esrog represents. The word Hadar is associated with the Pasuk in Tehillim Parakuf Dalad, Hod v'hadar lavashta. The world is full of Hashem's beauty, of His majesty, of His splendor. Hod, Hadar, obviously these terms have deeper meanings in the world of Kabbalah, but at a literal meaning, they refer to the beauty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we sense in his world. So when a person takes an esrog, a priyetz hadar, he's meant to remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, or to note HaKadosh Baruch Hu's beauty and splendor as represented or conveyed by the world he created. The min of a lulav, of a kapos timarim, according to the medrash, should remind a person of a different trait of HaKadosh Baruch Hu associated with a day tree associated with a tamar tree, tzaddik katamar yifrach. In Tehillim, Perak Tzaddik Beis, chapter 92, it's a passage which describes a tzaddik, a general righteous man, but it also refers to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who arises, who is, grows or flourishes in his righteousness like a day tree. Day trees being the tallest trees, certainly in the Middle Eastern climate, towering above, and the towering righteousness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is compared to a tamar from which a lulav is taken. A lulav is a kapos tamarim. So a person should remember, in this case, not just the beauty of the esrog, evoking the beauty of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his splendor in our world, but by taking a lulav tree, he remembers the towering stature of a tamar tree, and remembers the towering righteousness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our world. We don't just see beauty and aesthetics in our world, we see morality. We see Mechalkel Chaim Bechesed. Avram didn't sense Hashem through cold, raw science. He sensed HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the moral energy that he detected in his world. So a person should appreciate the righteousness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu when he raises a lulav. The Arve Nachal, the Aravot, are associated by the Medrash with a Pasek in Tehillim, another Pasek in Tehillim, Parak Samaches, chapter 68, Pasek 
which describes Hashem as riding upon the clouds. Praise Hashem, Solu, praise Him. La Rochev Ba'aravos, who rides upon the upper clouds. Bekashemo, His name is Ka. This describes not the beauty of Hashem, and not the righteousness and moral energy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our world, but the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is both at the top of the hierarchy, is the authority, is Rochev Ba'aravos, rides upon the clouds, clouds to ancient man, delimited the human sphere. Humans could not scale the clouds, could not scale the heavens. So the heavens were above man, HaShemayim, Shemayim LaHashem. The HaKadosh Baruch Hu rides the heavens. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits on top of the experiential hierarchy. But it's not just an image which describes or connotes Hashem's supremacy, but also his providential role, Hashkacha Pratis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rides upon the clouds and supervises the activities, the decisions, the interactions which occur beneath the clouds. So by raising each of the three or four minim, a person is literally, in a very physical sense, in a very visceral way, symbolizing different features of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through studying and appreciating his world. Interestingly enough, none of these minim, at least according to this medrash, represent Torah. Typically, the closest approximation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence, the quickest and most direct way to appreciate him in our world, is through the study of Torah. And yet somehow, though Torah study is central, certainly to Chag Shavuos, at this latter stage of Sukkot, having lived in nature, having tried to exploit nature for human prosperity and human advance, now being at the end of the agricultural cycle, we are asked to try to study HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically through nature, and not just nature, but through metaphysics and through the universe. The fourth min is the min of the Hadassim. And this is a very, very intriguing association. In the beginning of Zechariah, in Parak Aleph, the Navi has a nighttime apparition, a nighttime vision, in which he sees, and I'll find the Pasuk, in which he sees a person, as well as a Malach, it's not clear whether he's talking to two people or to one person, but he sees, in Zechariah Parak Aleph, he sees a man riding on a red horse, and the man riding on a red horse is standing behind Hadassim. Vehu omeid bein Hadassim asher ba The Hadassim that are in the swamp, that are in the pond. He inquires, he wants to know what this represents. And the man answers him, Vayan ha'ish ha'omeid bein Hadassim. The man standing behind the Hadassim answers him. And the Malach chimes in, and he's also standing behind the Hadassim. So there are three times in these three psukim in Zechariah Perak Aleph, in which the prophecy about a man standing on top of a red horse, and there are other horses in the background, is tethered or tagged to a location behind the Hadassim in Mitzul. Now Chazal interprets this prophecy as referring to Bavel. 
Mitzula, Rashi already writes in Zechariah Paragalef, Mitzula is a lowered watery area. Bavel was a lower area, which is where the sediment of the Mabel washed towards. It had a lot of water, most notably the two rivers, the Euphrates and the Tigris River. Mitzula, in other places, refers to Bavel. So now we have a prophecy which either takes place in Bavel or relates to events surrounding Galus Bavel or something about Bavel either literally or figuratively. And for some reason, the participants of this prophecy are all standing behind Hadassim. Presumably, these Hadassim represent a thicket which separates between the spectator, in this case Zechariah and possibly the Malach, and this mysterious man standing behind the Hadassim. Now the content of this prophecy, according to the literal reading, is a Kaddish Baruch Hu promising the Jewish people that one day I will avenge the injustices exhibited towards the Jewish people, I will rebuild my base Hamikdash, and even though now the world seems to be tranquil and all the evil nations who abuse and exploit the Jewish people, live in prosperity and tranquility. One day, even though at this point it is still potential and being restrained by this thicket of Hadassim, one day that potential salvation, one day that potential salvation will arrive and will evolve. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, on Sadegimel, has a slightly different view of this prophecy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is angry at the world in general and wants to destroy it not only because of the injustices demonstrated towards the Jewish people but of general moral collapse. But because he sees the Hadassim, in this case the Tzaddikim, in particular the Gemara refers to Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah, the notable, well-known heroes who flung themselves into the fiery furnace to sanctify HaKadosh Baruch Hu's name, as opposed to, or defying Nebuchadnezzar's challenge, that they bow down to idols. But it could be referring to any number of tzaddikim, symbolized by the Hadassim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has pity on his world and restrains from his original plan of destruction, of annihilating mankind. Either way, the Medrash wants us, by lifting the Hadassim, to remember the Nevuah of Zechariah, which took place in a night in Bavel and Metzula, and surrounded a mysterious person, in this case, a reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's agencies, not Hashem, man doesn't symbolize Hashem, but man symbolizes Hashem's interaction with this world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will one day interact with this world in a way that will resolve Jewish suffering. And in particular, not just in the terminus of history, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu redeems the Jewish people, but even at different stages of history, when the world destroys or deserves destruction, Hashem refrains because of the intercession of righteous people. And by lifting Hadassim, we're meant to remember this nevuah that took place, Bein Hadassim, about a mysterious man standing behind the Hadassim. Of course, we have to be aware of the nevuah in order to associate Hadassim with the nevuah, but the Medrash assumes we are aware of the Nevoah. In which case, the Hadassim symbolize a different aspect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not just his beauty, as expressed in nature, 
and not just his providence, as expressed by the aravos, which mean for us green stems that grow by the water, but could also mean clouds, and not just HaKadosh Baruch Hu's righteousness and moral energy, as conveyed by Tzadik Katamar Yifrach, by taking the tallest leaf of a Tamar tree, but of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's imminence in history, his interaction with history, and his redemption of history by redeeming the Jewish people as promised by this prophecy described as taking place in Babel about a man withheld by Hadassim branches. That even though the redemption of the Jewish people hasn't yet actualized or materialized, it is still very much latent in the topography of human experience. It's just withheld in the same way that something hiding behind the thicket of Hadassim is very much present, but still withheld from implementation. And we're meant to realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's redemptive capacity as conveyed by the Hadassim. So this is a fascinating, fascinating second function of the four minim. Not just, as I mentioned in the first year, to return us to Gan Eden and reverse the fall of man and perfect nature and perfect human experience, but to remind us of different access points by which we can appreciate and study HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our universe through His righteousness, through His providence, through his beauty, esrog meaning his beauty, righteousness is conveyed by the lulav of the tamar tree, the providence in hashkach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is conveyed by the arava, reminding us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rides on top of the clouds, but also of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's redemptive promise to the Jewish people. Now what's interesting, the Medish doesn't quote it, but presumably the Hadassim remind us of two other shrubberies or two other thickets in Tanakh. Not just the Hadassim in Zechariah Paragalef, which refrain or restrain this man riding on top of the red horse from actually traveling to the location of the Navi, but two other thickets or shrubs. Keep in mind that the Aravos grow by the water, but they're very, very supple. They're very um, loose. They're easily trampled. They will not restrain entry or prevent movement in the same way that Hadassim function in this Nevoah and Zechariah. So it's very unique to Hadassim that they divide between this man on top of a red horse and the Navi, because they are shrubs, they are thicket, rather than loose branches that sway to and fro in the wind. We're reminded of the thicket on top of Haramaria in which Avraham spied a ram whose horns were caught in the thicket. Hine ayel achar ne'achaz basvach bekarnav. And Chazal comment that the thicket which entangled the horns of the ram represents the bush or the thicket of history in which the Jewish people are constantly entangled in historical challenges, releasing themselves from one part of the thicket, only to be grabbed by a different part of the thicket, releasing ourselves from one foe, from one adversary, only to face another foe and another adversary, but ultimately to triumph. And the next thicket, the thicket at the sneh, the sneh is a bush, 
it isn't a loose branch of an Arava. It obviously isn't the Hadassim bush, but it comes. It, it's the same type of flora. It's the same type of vegetation. And Chazal say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to the Jewish people, again, in a bush, to represent that by receiving the Torah, which would one day be delivered on that same mountain as the Sneh, the bush turned into Sinai, turned into the mountain of Har Sinai, the Jewish people would subject themselves to the historical struggle alluded to by the thicket and the bush on top of Har Maria. So all these three bushes represent the same theme. Entanglement in historical challenge, facing constant historical adversaries, induced or catalyzed by our receiving the Torah at the Sneh or ultimately Har Sinai, because that is the reason that we're subjected to such suffering, because we are Hashem's people, and Sinai is called Sinai because Sinas Chinam, as the Gemara and Shabbos says, emerged in the wake of the events at Har Sinai. And the thicket in Zechariah separates potential redemption, reminding us that it's there, that it's just around the ridge, but still unable to fully be implemented because the stage of history of redemption has yet to evolve, has yet to emerge. So by taking Hadassim, we're meant to remember in particular the Nevuah of Zechariah, the Hadassim separating the prophet from this mysterious man riding on top of a red horse. But additionally, the other bushes of history, which very much convey a similar theme to the Hadassim in Sefer Zechariah. And in general, each of these four minim, in our arrangement of four minim, represents a different facet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which we hoist, which we are meant to comprehend through our study of nature and our universe.